Welcome back to the 1-0 podcast. I'm Seth Engel. And I'm Zach Allen. And we are now in week two of Penn State football. Last week's season opener was, you know, pretty extraordinary. We, mm-hmm. we got to see Drew Aller in full effect. You know, he threw for 325 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't think any anyone in the world could have predicted a better starting debut for Aller. Um, you know, as we move into to Delaware week here, you know, let's discuss, you know, how, what did you make of Aller's performance? Where would you kind of pinpoint where he is right now among the other Big Ten quarterbacks? And where do you think he could be at the end of the year? Yeah, and I think my original prediction was wrong. I thought he would play well, but I don't think, at least I didn't expect him to play that well. There's always week one, you see a lot of teams have growing pains, especially offensively, and especially with a brand new starting quarterback with you know, wide receivers that hadn't really proven themselves as number one and number two options, but that was all put to rest from the wide receiver standpoint and Drew Aller's standpoint. And I think when you look across the Big Ten, like you said, he eclipsed 300 yards. He's leading the Big Ten in pass yards right now and is number one in passer rating. Um, and that's not to say he's not the he's not the best quarterback right now in the Big Ten, but I think he has potential by the season's end to maybe develop into the Big Ten's best quarterback. I think if you look at the first name that pops into my mind is J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. He's a great quarterback. But just from week one against West Virginia, I think it went better than anyone could have predicted. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's kind of what you expected when you, when you recruit a five-star guy. Right. Yeah, I mean – my whole thing is that when you kind of rank the quarterbacks right now in the Big Ten, um, you look at experience levels. And, and to me, it's like Drew Aller played really well, you know, exceptionally well. Um, but he still only played one game. Um, so we'll talk about this a little more. But um, when it gets to Delaware and then as we start to see the season unfold a little more, you know, that's really going to come down to, okay, we know Drew Aller has the skill set. We know he has the ability to make big plays, but can he do it at a consistent level? Um, and to me, that's really what's going to either propel or hold back Penn State from reaching the playoff this year. Let's move forward. So obviously everyone's been talking about Drew Aller this whole week since the game ended. What other surprises did you see from that West Virginia game that really struck your eye this week? I feel like most of it was just depth, the depth chart. Like, you know, we Going into the season, I expect that at least Keaton Ellis to get the start at safety alongside either Jalen Reed, Zaki Wheatley, or maybe K.J. Winston. And then they show the starting lineup on the video board, and it's K.J. Winston at the starting spot alongside Jalen Reed. Um, Keaton Ellis still got in the game quite a bit. But I think that was like that was almost a jaw-dropping moment to me. I, I didn't have any, any inkling that he may, may be a starter. I knew he'd play this season you know, a lot more than he did last season. But yeah. I, I didn't think he'd be a starter. And then I think another one on the same kind of path was Liam Clifford. You know, Dante Cephas had gotten a lot of hype in the offseason about as being the number three guy. I think he was one of the top transfers in the transfer portal. And he was, what, like the fifth guy maybe behind? He didn't play until the second half behind Clifford and Malik McLean, on top of obviously Trey Wallace and Keandre. So I think just the depth chart really kind of surprised me. 
Yeah, you talk about Keaton. I mean, that was a guy we talked about. The Wednesday before the game, they made Keaton available. And we were, you know, asking him, thinking that he was going to start that game because um, we just assumed, you know, that that was locked up. I mean, this guy started all 13 games He's last year. He's a captain. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that it kind of goes to show kind of how much depth this Penn State team has, specifically on its defense, where they're able to plug in a guy like K.J. Winston to the starting lineup. Keaton's still playing starter reps. He's just not there for the first snap. You know what I mean? Um, wide receiver, you know, Liam Clifford named as that number three guy, I think was was shocking. You know, Amari Evans... We're not exactly sure what his status is going to be for, for this week. He was listed as questionable um, before the West Virginia game and didn't end up playing at all. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes and how that plays out. Um, James didn't really give us any you know, background or update when we, when we asked him about Amari yesterday. He kind of just said, well, it's too early in the week and we'll see. Classic Franklin answer. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Amari Evans, to me, that was my front runner to – to win that number three job. And then when you think about, you know, Liam as a slot guy, if Amari's healthy, I think he potentially takes that job. But Malik McLean's another one. You know, what did you see from, from McLean in his first game as a Penn State Saturday? Yeah, I mean, Liam Clifford was the number three guy, but Malik McLean produced more on the field. And, you know, he's six foot four, but when he's running, he doesn't, you know, lumber along like... You know, I'm a lanky guy, and when I run, I kind of lumber along, not to compare myself to Malik McLean, but on, the, on his touchdown, it was like 25 yards where he caught it, like three yards from the line of scrimmage and just beat all the West Virginia defenders to the goal line. And I think you were talking to K.J. Winston, and he kind of just said, like, he's a different style of receiver than what most defensive backs are used to. He said... He's physical because of his height, you know, run blocking, all of that. But he also has finesse. And I, I, th I think we saw that in his Penn State debut. Um, and, and I think it's a really good sign when a transfer in his first game, especially in a crowd that size, which might be a, more than Florida State's had. Um, that's not a shot at Florida State. <laughs> but I, I think it's a good sign going forward that, he could potentially, against Delaware, be the number three guy. Who knows? That's really still up in the air. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of discuss what we, what we expect to see from Penn State and if they you know, choose to experiment a little bit with him, uh, maybe with some other guys in that receiving core. Um, we talked about wide receiver as an ongoing competition for that number three spot. You know, we're in season now. That's, that's still going on. But so are two other spots right now. You know, that, that kicker competition is, uh, is, is, is in full effect right now. You know, after Sanders Sahedek missed two field goals in the first half against West Virginia, he was replaced by Alex Falcons, who came in. I, I think he hit three extra points and, and one field goal. So he was perfect in the second half. Where are we as we enter Delaware in terms of where that starting kicker job is? You know, I think it's really, it's still up for grabs. Yeah, I kind of figured you'd ask me that, but I honestly don't have an answer. And I don't, I don't know if Penn State does either because, you know, Sahadak has been in the program longer. But, you know, the first game against West Virginia did not go as planned. And 
those were very makeable field goals. He's last season he was known as kind of the long range kicker um, with with Jake Pinniger, but those were, the two he missed were in the 30s. It was like a 34 and a 38 yard yeah. field goal, and you know Falcons did go perfect. His made field goal was a 25 yard chip shot, but still it's it's a perf he was perfect, and you know. James Remkin also said that Sander got up in front of the team and kind of on his own addressed them. He didn't really get into what they said what, or what he said specifically, um, but that his teammates have respect for him. So I, I really don't know. It's, I think it's really a coin toss. And, you know, James Franklin said it's the only reason Falcons got into the game after halftime as opposed to letting Sander continue to kick was because the competition was right. still that close. Yeah, I expect Sander to play on Saturday, but I do think Falcons is going to get the start. Um, we'll see when they flip off. I think a lot of that depends on, on the scoring and you know how well whoever starts that game kind of does. Um, but I really don't think there's, there's a reason why, why Sander should get the start again. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's almost like you go through the whole training camp and then now you're in the season and with each game, you know, is its own separate competition. Like we're really seeing this thing, you know, play out live um, and it just so happened to be on, yeah. on primetime television. Um, but that's, you know, kind of the place where you want it. If you're if you're in a kicker battle and a lot of that is, is a mental game, you know, the fact that you are under the lights, you know, on primetime TV and knowing that in front of 110,000 people, like, that's a big part of the competition. I think it's telling of, of where things are going. I don't think Franklin's given up on Sander just yet. I think he'll get a chance against Delaware. Um, but we'll see. You know, it, it's, we really can't say. Yeah, I think I mean, it's still pretty split. I mean, if you can make all the field goals you want in practice, but if they're not going in during the game, kind of doesn't matter how many right. you make in practice. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we discussed kind of sh short-term expectations for, uh, for moving forward. Um, Delaware week now. I mean, this is, this is a game that the betting lines haven't even been, you know, yeah. put online because it's an FCS opponent against the number seven ranked team in the country. I mean, the, you, can, you can pick any, any score prediction you want, and you really don't know. Like, and we'll we'll talk about score predictions a little later down the road. But what what are your what are your what are you looking for from from Penn State this week? And you know how do you think things are going to go? I think what most people are probably looking for is some confidence in, in the run defense. I know West Virginia kind of had a very squirrely quarterback. He was very mobile, hard to bring down. Um, but their running back also had over four and a half yards per carry, and I think. The talk going into the season was, you know, defensive ends, linebackers, and, and that depth, that defensive tackle. And, you know, that was a problem last year, especially against Michigan, I think was when it was really kind of put on blast, like, oh, the run defense kind of has to improve here. Um, and although it wasn't against West Virginia, it wasn't catastrophic or anything like the Michigan game was last year, I think there still is some some pause for thought there and you know for what it's worth Delaware is ranked in the FCS rankings I don't think that really matters but 
they their running back had over a hundred yards in their first game last week, um, and I I think that's probably what most people want to see. Yeah, you mentioned the depth at defensive tackle, um, which I think is interesting to bring up right now in terms of you know how confident this unit you know actually is right now, or how confident you know the program is in the unit. Um, is the fact that when those things were said in the summer and in the spring, like, oh, we lost P.J. Mustafer, but, you know, now there's this whole group that could contribute, you know, that's really not the case at the moment. When you take into account that, you know, Alonzo Ford Jr. is out for the year with an injury. Keziah Zard was out last week with an injury. We don't know if he's going to play on Saturday. So it really is just, you know, a few guys rotating. You know, Jordan Vandenberg got a you know, good amount of minutes last week off the bench, but it's really just been Hakeem Beeman, Devon Ellis, and Zane Durant pretty much rotating all the time. Um, then they'll throw in some other guys. So that's a that's a room that that's a bit depleted right now. And like I think to say that they have good depth is, you know, not true at the moment. Like I don't think there's really a strong suit there. Um, and I think it's definitely a cause for concern, especially when you look ahead to Ohio State and Michigan specifically Michigan, um, who has, you know, arguably the best rushing attack in the country, um, to say, you know, this is this is a group that has to figure it out. You know, and I think Delaware is a, a good team where, you know, it's an, F it's an FCS opponent. So, you know, if you can't absolutely dominate Delaware on the ground. Like, who's when to say you can dominate, you know, Michigan or Ohio State? I mean, aside from run defense, though, like I talked about this a bit earlier. Drew Aller consistency, you know, that's a big thing. You know, he was phenomenal last week against a Power 5 school. So, like, how good can you be against Delaware? You know, it's all, it's all relative, right? Like, if you played well last week, like, show it again against Delaware, but do it, like, on a crazier scale. Like, get out of that game quickly and get Bo Perbule in there. You know, yeah. to me, that, that's, that's what I'm looking for from Drew Aller in that offense, and I'm looking for a running back to get over 100 yards because they didn't do that last week. Yeah, and I think looking at Delaware, what what are, what are your score predictions? Yeah, score prediction. I mean, this is tricky, right? It's uh, it's tricky when the spread hasn't even been, you know, lined yeah, up yet. It's a hard one. I don't know. I mean, I think Penn State has to get into 50 points. Like for me, it's like. They looked great last week. They had 38 against West Virginia. It's a Big 12 team. Like, you, you better put 50 on Delaware. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 52 seven. I'm gonna give Delaware benefit of the doubt. Give them a late game touchdown against you know a third team Penn State defense. Um, that's why I think they're gonna come in there. I think this is a good Penn State team. You know, I think it is. I think some of the question marks we talked about before are you know gonna figure themselves out against this team, you know, we'll see if it does against some of the better Big Ten teams, but I, I think they're going to handle business pretty handily, and it's just going to be exactly what we think it's going to be. Yeah, and I'm kind of along the same lines. I, I think I, I published 56-6. to six. I'm not giving Delaware a touchdown. I, I'm not going to give the benefit <laughs> the of the doubt there. the two field goals? Yeah, two field goals. Um, I think they might start, you know, driving down the field late just to get stopped on fourth down or something because, you know, when when West Virginia scored that late touchdown, it was James Franklin after the game was kind of like, well, obviously you don't want to give up a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, just because it's the third team guys, maybe at that point, um, they're not going to try and any less hard than than they would be if they were the the starters. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's those are predictions. I mean, we both got them inside fifty. I think is doable. Um, we'll see how things go, though. It should be an interesting game. You know, it's the first FCS opponent since 2021, yeah. since Villanova, and that game was a lot closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. So you never know. Uh, Delaware did upset Navy last year. So, you know, you, you, know, you never know. You never know. I saw on Instagram the App State <laughs> upset over Michigan yeah. in the big house. Absolutely. But, yeah, uh, no, I, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Yeah, it happens, but maybe not on Saturday. So yeah. we'll see. All right, thank you guys for watching. It's been the One and O Pod. You can find us online at psucollegian.com and on Twitter at PSU Foot Blog. Peace.